Movie Sucktastic is a podcast about bad movies and the people that love them. But it's more than just a podcast. It's an, also an online presence. If you want to know more about Movie Sucktastic or want to become a part of Movie Sucktastic, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, at Movie Sucktastic. You can find our blog at boothreviews.blogspot.com. Or if you want to give your own reviews that we might use on the show, you can go to reviews.moviesucktastic.com and check out our, our own little lunch.com community for Movie Sucktastic. Check us out and become a part of the show because the only thing more fun than a bad movie is sharing it. The world's in danger. Only you can save. I take skill, speed, does the steel. It takes the force. The enemy is everywhere. So take the side to the end. Rocket fire, thunder. No momentum, faster. Take our force. And when you do, you won't be the same. Cause of mega force. Mega force. For your Atari PCS, one of the new games of the century from 20th Century Fox. You are listening to Movie Sucktastic. You can all go fuck yourselves. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Fucking thing sucks. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Oh, sorry about that. If we could get Scott, uh, let's get him out of here. Uh, what's wrong with your, uh, your, oh boy. Scott's breaking out the wine. See, everyone is just watching video of you and I'm here talking and, you know, when people listen to the podcast, they're gonna, it's, it's not as good when you, <laughs> when you do that. <laughs> There's no sound coming from your end. Ah, uh, yeah, I can't hear you. All right, this is what we're going to do. Uh, which happens every week. All right. Oh. Hey, Hello? that's better. Yes. See, I didn't do that. You did that when you were setting up the record. No. How how did no, I do that? You muted yourself, right? I didn't. No, I didn't. After you said mute myself, I said, uh, "Are we going to start now?" Oh, and then so you didn't answer. So oh, whatever okay. you did at that point, cut me off. I didn't do anything. Oh, all right. 
do anything. Anyway, welcome to episode number 80 of uh, Movie Sucktastic. 86. 86, what I said. 86. <laughs> We're reviewing... Uh, we are 14 weeks of our 100th episode. Short and of. Short of, sure. 100 close, episode. Close yep. to, nearby. How much do you think uh, the opening the credits for uh, Megaforce cost? Uh, Where everything is uh, 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 just inverted. Well, uh, somebody in our live stream chat room, yes, we have people in our live stream chat room, shut up, uh, <laughs> pointed out that we just, uh, the spoiler alert, because we just showed the ending to the movie, basically. <laughs> you know what? What? It, it, it doesn't, I don't care. I really don't. It doesn't matter. It, it really so doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. <laughs> it only matters if you are the uh, audience that Mega Force was geared towards, which is, if you are not a twelve-year-old boy, right. this film's not meant for you. That that's uh, that's absolutely true. As a matter of fact, and a so a twelve-year-old boy would be upset that you ruined the ending because a twelve-year-old boy is the only person can be surprised and, and and overjoyed by seeing that ending. I think so, and I think it's the biggest reason why there was a video game as well. Well, that you mentioned the, the cost. How much the, the budget for Megaforce? The budget is, was twenty million dollars for that, and that was the highest budgeted film ever of that year, right? No, it wasn't. Uh, there's a couple of films that actually beat it out, like Blade Runner. Um, Blade Runner. How much was Blade Runner? I believe that was twenty-eight million. So you look at Blade Runner and think twenty-eight million. I mean, is million. It, I mean, not. It's not. It's not a huge difference. Well, in, in budget, no. But in quality, yes. I'm saying if you look oh, at Blade huge, Runner... Oh, huge, huge, huge. Blade Runner still holds you, up. Cinematically, think, still holds up. Yeah, you look at $28 million, $28 million for Blade Runner, you're like, wow, they did a lot. And you then you look at $20 million for Megaforce, and you're wondering, who pocketed that money? As a matter of fact, I, uh, I use a website called The Numbers. Whenever I do any kind of uh, fact-checking about films and budgets and what it cost and what it made and it it's a great website if you want to do that by year and just to give an idea of the year that was 1982 uh and more importantly the films that were coming out at the same time as megaforce because this was a summer release et had mm -hmm. only come out um i believe et had only come out a week i'm sorry uh et came out on june 11th Megaforce came out on June 25th, okay? Star Trek II, all of these movies came out the same month as Megaforce. Star Trek II, Poltergeist, E.T., Firefox, Blade Runner, Megaforce, and The Thing. Those were all the huge budget films of 1982. These are the budgets for those movies. You've got $12 million for Star Trek, $10 million for Poltergeist, $10 million for E.T., uh, 21 million for Firefox. Blade Runner was 28 million. Megaforce, 20 million. So, all, to be honest, all pretty decent flicks, with the exception all, of Megaforce. <laughs> so, so Megaforce and the had quality the same budget was, yeah. as Firefox. Correct. And well, Firefox, the, Firefox was, it, it's got its own issues. Um, Firefox doesn't hold up like, say, a movie like Blade Runner or Poltergeist or even Star Trek 2. Um, it doesn't look cheap. But it's it doesn't double... look like... Well, this is also... Yeah, 
double the budget. Well, while watching Megaforce, you could absolutely tell, like the scene that's on right now for anyone watching live or will go back and watch the show uh, on mm-hmm. live stream. I'm... The, the the amount of explosions, the amount of just artillery that they use, the amount of just just C four blue screen was is just staggering in this movie. All their budget was put on that. They're blowing shit up. Like and when they blow shit up, it is on a large scale. That can't be twenty million dollars worth of explosives though. Well, they obviously uh they mismanaged their budget. I don't know if any of that budget Uh, went into uh, making the video game, but they also had an E T video game. I, I, I don't think they mismanaged any budget. I think they specifically managed the budget. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not I'm not accusing uh, Hal Needham of being a thief or anything. Okay. But because uh, <laughs> it was also a Golden Harvest release too. Right. And 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 them doing an American production, you know, they did Hong Kong productions and and shoestring budget type stuff. I just really get the feeling that like when they Hal Needham and, and Golden Harvest go go to you know go to Hollywood and they get this huge budget and it's like okay and we're not going to use this. <laughs> I mean, and, I, he, I, I guarantee he blew a lot of the budget on stunt people because he's a stunt man himself. He's big on uh, driving stunts. A lot right. of highly paid uh, trained drivers in this film. You've got like, what, 30 motorcycles and 20 uh, uh, Jeeps, doom buggies Yeah, going all over <laughs> the place. Easily. Now, um, and you, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say looking into July, which is July is your big month for movies, like your big, big month. Um, films, and you know what? It's 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 a sign of the times because looking at June of nineteen eighty two, all of your giant you know blockbuster films were in June. In July of nineteen eighty two, the only thing, the only thing that came out that was, I guess, could have been considered a blockbuster was Tron, and that right. only had a budget of seventeen million. Things have changed nowadays where June is kind of like the month where, not where blockbusters go to die, but they're not near, nearly as successful as your July releases for some reason. Um, but Tron, $17 million for Tron. Well, I think also if you look at it, uh, at that point in time, again, this is before video, this is before uh, streaming or anything, you had to see movies in theaters. It was a big deal. And... Well, yeah. All your major blockbuster movies, uh, how, let's say family ones, like let's say E.T., for example, they were planned well for marketing involved as well. So not only did you have the movie, I mean, Megaforce, if you look at what they released simultaneously, they had a huge ad campaign. They had a video game that released at the same time for an Atari 2600. Right. They had a, a, a large Mattel toy line. of they had action a toy figures. line for, Me- for Megaforce? A large one. Uh, really? Some of the largest... Huge aircraft carriers, stuff that's not in the film. <laughs> you can find a lot of this on self on eBay right now. So they were really taking a, a a chance on this movie. They were really depending on it being a big blockbuster and a big sell. And wow. uh, the cross promotion was amazing. I mean, it's the kind of stuff that's commonplace now. Every time a film comes out, they're cranking out toy lines, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But back then, I mean, how many toy lines did you have? You had GI Joe. Uh, E.T. came out with some toys, but it wasn't like they did a whole new action figure set. Right. Mattel, Mattel released, a, uh, they had a whole line of car, like tr- tr- tanks and attack vehicles. Uh, you can 
there's a couple of sites that that deal specifically just on tra- you know you know toy collectors. They, there's websites where you can just go and look at all the stuff that was ever released. Well, what I find interesting is if you, when you look at these films, yeah, you know, and and the the point out that they relied heavily on it. They were expecting it to be a blockbuster. Uh, the other films that came out in June, yeah, they cost twelve million and ten million and ten million and so on and so forth. But Star Trek Two, it made seventy nine million dollars for a measly twelve million dollar budget. Poltergeist yeah. seventy four million, hundred twenty one worldwide. E.T. on the other hand, ten million dollar budget, four hundred and thirty five million. That's also with re releases though. Megaforce. Five point six million, no European distribution. It bombed here. They didn't bother. They didn't bother spending the extra money to try and have it live on somewhere else. They just called it dead in the water after it bombed here. It's not even the kind of movie that would really have uh, legs overseas either. No. Well, look at Blade Runner. Blade Runner cost twenty eight, but only made thirty two. They tried to go okay, overseas, uh, and it only made an extra million. One of our listeners just uh, corrected me, and they're correct. I'm sorry. I'm not a toy aficionado, and I, I misspoke. It's not. It wasn't Mattel. It was Kenner. It was Kenner? Kenner okay. Toys, not Mattel. Sorry. Uh, and a lot of people, for a younger audience, they, who the hell's Kenner? But, <laughs> yeah. But, th- yeah, uh, thank you for that. That's my my bad. That's okay. Well, Heat of the was... moment. Heat of the moment. Hey, I mean, there's well, even you know what? Even, it's it's one of those scenarios where if you said Mattel in the '80s, you're probably right. Yeah, right. For the most part, you're probably right. There's so even so it was a, a good guess. There's even a YouTube video for a Vertibird toy where it's like it has a base in the center and, and the little bird would fly around and you could pick up things with it. And oh, really? it's one of those things where the commercials for like an Air Force rescue, but they they did one where they just slapped new stickers on it and called it the Megaforce Vertibird. <laughs> <laughs> the mega and you could uh but but you know the, the, all, everything was geared toward this being a big hit uh and and it's one of those glowing examples of when they're dead wrong and and uh there weren't enough 12 year old boys in america to take this film over the top oh yeah come now, on with well you know what with the summer with that june month alone being so jam packed it had no chance mm. anyway. E- even if it was a good film, I don't think it would have been successful. Look at Blade Runner. That is a beloved science fiction film. It it didn't do well. It made $32 million, but it cost 28 It's a lot of money mm-hmm. for a sci-fi film. It's a lot of money in 1982. So they were also you know, putting a lot on the line for Blade Runner. Um, but just all of the movies, all of the movies that were coming out within a week apart, uh, in June, it just it had no chance. No. It had no chance. Hell, the fucking secret of Nim, which came out a a week after the film, made more money than it. It made uh, ten million dollars. Uh, so it just and well, back then that was a lot of money. Well, for an animated film, sure. For any for, for any kind of film, but for animated, an animated movie made ten million bucks. Uh, you know, not a lot. I mean, there are there are films in here. Like uh, there's a film called Six Pack that came out in 1982 that made 20 million. Rod, what do you mean a film? It's this. It's Six Pack with Kenny is, Rogers. Oh, is that what that is? That's 
Kenny Rogers with the ragtag group of um, his pit crew was a bunch of uh, it was the Bad News Bears but with NASCAR. Oh, I never saw that movie. I never even heard of it. I've never heard of it. You never heard of it? It was Kenny Rogers. I fucking hate Kenny Rogers. He's like a he's a car racer and he gets this ragtag crew of I believe uh, like half a dozen orphans or something. I'm not. And they become his pit crew. I'm not denouncing what you said. I just said I've never heard of it. Well, then we're talking over. I wasn't. There's another film called Young Doctors in Love. I never heard of that either. That's a classic movie. You never heard of Young Doctors in Love? No, I've never heard of Young Doctors in Love. Starring, um, what's his name? Lenny. Uh, Lane McLamerson. It sounds awful. It's 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 a it's a it's That's... a blue comedy from that time period. It's actually quite funny. There's some good stuff to it. Really? I recommend picking that up. Yeah, All Young right. Doctors in Love. Were, again, I saw that it made thirty million dollars. It was very popular. It had a lot of nudity and a lot of humor. Oh. It, it was like how it was did like I not see that then? I saw everything with nudity in the eighties. Dude, you're slipping because <laughs> uh, it's it's got Dabney well, Coleman. No, no, no. Let's put it this way: it, it's not. You know, I'm slipping. Dab- I have no time. I have children now. I've never heard of this film. Period. Young Doctors in Love and Six Pack. I've never heard of either one. That is just something that I've missed in my youth. Shameful. It's it, it, only a couple years apart. I don't know how you missed him. I missed Dabney him. Coleman's in Young Doctors in Love. How could you oh, miss he? that? Yeah. Shit. He plays like like an evil doctor or best a bad little, doctor. Best Little Whorehouse in Texas cost $20 bucks. made 70 Wow. Same budget, but Surprise. less car ex- less explosions, so yep. that's understandable. July is kind of like the serious film month, you know? Like... Uh, 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 the World According Out. to Garp, Officer and a Gentleman, uh, Things Are Tough All Over. You know, all of those films came out, and they were all successful. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to steer us a bit away from... Let's do that. Uh, let's, let's... So, we're t- we've been, we spent a like, good 15 minutes now talking about this movie, and those who are listening that have never seen it have no idea what the film's about. And they, so, don't, they, they don't need to know. This, this movie... Well, no. I, we, I, I, it, yes, it's a fun, film. bad movie because it is so bad, but this could be... It could be, in my opinion, the worst theatrical release we've reviewed yet. Oh, I, I seriously no. Really? I think Jim Cotta's far worse. Jim Cotta's more fun. But it's it's less. Jim Cotta. Jim Cotta's a lot more fun. Right, but almost but for the to the listening. point of, in, of of enjoyment. Whereas this, yeah, I still I enjoyed it because it's so bad. But the, the the parts in the film were, you know. When he did it for the very first time where he talks under his breath, did you notice that? Did you notice when he did that with his acting? Brian, yeah. uh, Barry Boswick? He would yes. He would talk and go, whatever. He would talk and then out of nowhere, it would almost inaudible. You could not hear what he was saying. But that was part of his delivery. Uh, and he did it six or seven times through the film. And it was absolutely fucking infuriating. When he did it the first time, I just thought the sound cut out. I thought because, oh, this is an older film, the the sound is all fucked up. Then he did it again, and I was just saying to myself, is this what I think is going on? Is he fucking doing this on purpose? And then after the third time, I'm like, all right, this is is his fucking shtick. Ah. All right, so... That didn't piss you off? No. (laughs) It pissed me the fuck off. Well, once once again, for the for the audience that's listening that has never seen the film, mm-hmm. let's let's walk them through it. And I'm, I'm going to start off by reading the opening uh, introduction. Okay. 
so we know what Megaforce is. Okay. Despite official denials by leaders of the, of the free world, I'm not sure what they mean by the free world. I guess they mean you know America and England. Sources now confirm the existence of Megaforce, a phantom army of super elite fighting men whose weapons are the most powerful science can devise. Their mission: to preserve freedom and justice, battling the forces of tyranny and evil in every corner of the globe. <laughs> Essentially, what that means is, if you got problem, you better call Megaforce. Yeah, I mean, they'll it, solve it's, it's your problems. Much, it's pretty much the, the global military version of the A Team, right down to the budget. At least, well, I mean, you, when you watch Megaforce too, it looks like a, a, TV, a TV pilot film. Oh yeah, yeah, big time. It's, it's right down, right down to the whole idea that it's a war where nobody seems to get hurt. Right. Yep. I mean, it, you're 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 very right in the fact that it. From the music right down to the acting, it's got TV written all over it. Now, mm -hmm. we've gotten to the, into this discussion before on the show about films in the 70s and the 80s had that feel to it because a lot of the companies that were doing television were also doing film. So it was very common for them to cross over using, using the same musicians, uh, using the same directors and uh, assistant directors and writers and all that stuff. But there are a lot of times in the 70s and the 80s where there are films that stand apart that don't look like a TV film, that don't sound, the music doesn't sound like it came, you know, came off of uh, uh, you know, your primetime TV in, in the mid-80s. Uh, and those are the films that even now are, are still... Uh, revered by everyone as classics and they love them and all that. Films like this, that's why they disappear uh, disappear in your bargain bin or never get released, you know, on DVD or Laserdisc or even VHS. They just kind of just, they just die, uh, you know, out in, in uh, celluloid land. So right. it, it, it's just, it, it's, it's interesting that so many times during the 80s, there are so many films that are exactly this exact formula. Cinema looks bad, acting is bad, all looks like a TV movie. But, you know, I don't know. It, it just, you would hope that it would happen less, but it happened more than it uh, produced good film, I okay. think. Okay, sure. So, but, so, look, go ahead. So, well, Megaforce, it, as we just described, it's a, it's a kind of a... Uh, Team America, which, as you mentioned uh, before when we were talking about it in the last episode, they kind of directly reference Mega Force numerous times. Actually, Chris Chris mentioned that. Right, and, and credit also... Credit credit's due. I, I found, uh, doing my research, I found that in the introductions to uh, one of the discs on Season 2 of South Park, the DVD release, mm -hmm. uh, um, Trey Parker starts describing the episode coming up, and he describes literally the plot for Mega Force. <laughs> and Matt Stone stops him halfway through and, and corrects him. So obviously, it's like an old classic uh, film of theirs as well. Oh yeah, they they love it. They they right. wanted to remake the film, but they couldn't get the rights to do it. So that's why. How, I how believe, do you not get the rights to do that? I, I do. If they who, couldn't get it, then uh, it was a bigger problem. Because was, if they wanted it, they they would have been able to get it. Who was maintaining a death grip on the rights to Megaforce? <laughs> My God. They're still trying to recoup that budget. The uh, mega the commander, bomb. Yeah, right? Well, that's how you do it. 
now the commander of Megaforce, of course, is Commander Ace Hunter, played by, as you mentioned, Barry Bostwick, who is best known as Brad from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yep. Or is the mayor from uh, Spin City, depending on how old you are, I guess. <laughs> and and him and his elite crew of, of uh, mysterious... Uh, there's no... They don't know who their backers are. It's like the free... For all you know, they're backed by, like, the, the Russia or right. communist nations. But they, they claim to be run by the free world, and as such, it's it's shrouded in secrecy who actually backs them. I, uh, I, like entire, how, I like how their patches on their shoulders represented what country they were, where were from. <laughs> and, and and those patches are on skin tight gold lame jumpsuits. Yes, yes, they are. <laughs> because real real men real men wear very tight tights. <laughs> I found myself at least twice inadvertently looking at Barry Bostwick's ass and package. Just just just, just because the way he's like the, the the camera would be there and he'd be walking away and there's nothing. They're in a desert. There's right. nothing else to look at but his his uh, gold lame clad ass, and you're just wondering <laughs> how tight is that? Uh, he's actually walking where it must be uncomfortable, like it's it riding had, up. It had to be, had to be. I, I, I've read some reviews. And, and to go one step further with that, you could yeah, tell I mean, he's not he's he's not wearing underwear because there's no there's no outline of it. So oh, you yeah. know he's in that thing naked. Yeah, I, I, I've, he's I've seen naked some under his clothes. Going commando, going commando. I've, I've seen I've seen reviews that mention that he puts on a, a kind of a John Wayne swagger. I don't think that's an intentional swagger. I think that's just him avoiding chafing. <laughs> yeah, it might be. And, Obviously, he tried to go from uh, from Rocky Horror or doing films like Rocky Horror into an action role. When he was offered this, no questions asked. You want me to do what? You want me to wear what? That kind of a budget. It's double, uh, double the budget of just about everything coming out this summer. Okay. I mean, and, he's not going to say no. And I, I think he actually is treating it like a Rocky Horror film. I don't think he's really treating it as a serious movie. I think you're right. I'm. Oh sure. Yeah. Not at all. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kind of watching what's on the screen right now. And now, now his side he comes, in, he comes in wearing his Elton John outfit. <laughs> That's the best way I could I could put it. <laughs> and he's talking to um, he's talking to Major Zara, which is uh, uh, played by Persis Kambada. She was also in Star Trek, the original Star Trek film. Who was not assassinated by a thuggy cult? Right. Um, I just she was she was attempting to be a sex symbol throughout the late 70s and 80s and it just it fell apart didn't happen she tried I, I to I, she tried to be a bond girl and was denied i i get the feeling the directors are trying to make her a bond girl you know a low rent bond girl so maybe that's where that comes from well she actually tried out for octopussy and didn't get it well um but i'm saying that she wouldn't be getting other films if other actors directors didn't see that possibility there oh sure oh absolutely yeah. well i think her acting and her delivery is atrocious Especially right. with so, that thumb kiss that they do for the fucking thing. That, that thumb kiss. You gotta love the thumb kiss. Fucking hell. And then when she's waving her thumb, and just mm -hmm. the face she makes alone is just priceless. There's it a lot just, of mugging to the camera. There's, there's a lot no of acting involved yeah. in a lot of this film. Now, Commander Ace's sidekick, when he's not hitting on uh, um, oh, Major Zara, 
is Dallas, played by Michael Beck. Right, of, who, who, who of the gained, Warriors. He gained renown in the Warriors, and then right. promptly jumped right into Xanadu. Which we reviewed. Which, still trying to figure that one out. And then from Xanadu, wow. decided, oh, you know what, I, I, I need to get back into my macho roles. Let me go into Megaforce. And it's it's just never gelled from after that. It's Was was this the end of his career? Like really? Like after this, I, it was that was it. Well, I don't think there was ever a beginning to his career. I I, don't, I I mean, he had a beginning to his career. It was the Warriors. And then after that, there was really it was just okay, he peaked with like his first major film. Second major film. He was in Madman. Uh but well, I mean after Warriors, Xanadu, yeah, he did Battle one Truck, more movie. Or two more movies he, after that, and he, Triumphs of a Man Called Horse, forget and the Golden Truck. Seal. You, that was skipping. before. That came out before Megaforce. Still, Battle Truck the same year. Well, yeah, Battle Truck. <laughs> but I'm just saying, after 1982, he did nothing but TV stuff, and the last thing he did was like, I guess the real, the last real thing he did was voice work for the Warriors video game in 2005. Which also sucked. So <laughs> it did. <laughs> so 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 Michael never caught a break after the Warriors. It was no. he, he was he was kind of like his character in the Warriors. He's like just just he he's he's gonna survive, but that's about it. He's just waiting for Quentin Tarantino to revive his career. That's all he's uh, waiting for. I don't think you, it's you know happen. you know it's coming. No, it's coming. Really? I think so. I really do. <laughs> I think at some point. Quentin Tarantino will contact this guy and try and revive his career because Tarantino is a fan of the the, 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 the film, The Warriors. I, I, th- I think Evan C. Kim has a better shot at being revived. You think so? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what else he was in? Remember last week I was trying to figure out the movies he was in? He was uh-huh. in The Deadpool with Clint Eastwood as uh, the Asian partner. And there's right. a scene in The Deadpool where he says, uh, where he beats up a guy using nothing but karate and Clint Eastwood just gives him a look, and he's like, having an Asian partner, I guess, is pretty good. And then walks away. <laughs> that was the scene. But he now, was also he was also in uh, Caveman. Right. He played the, the, the one caveman that spoke perfect English. Mm-hmm. And everyone just doesn't understand what the fuck he's saying. And he's like, all right. All and right. I was Ooh. right. I, I, and, I was, <laughs> and I was right. He played, he was the, uh, in Kentucky Fried Movie. He was okay. Yeah, he was. He was the lead character in a fistful of yen. Fistful of yen. That, that's that's that major <laughs> martial arts film in the middle of it. Wow. Remember with the craw. Yep. 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 Hello, yep. this is Doctor Craw. <laughs> <laughs> he my was favorite, also in my... uh, Cannonball Run. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. God. I love Kentucky Fried movie. He did Caveman, then Megaforce. He also did a lot of TV work. As a matter of fact, he did a lot of the... Not a lot of the same, but he was in some of the same stuff as Michael Beck. So maybe they had a friendship going on. All the way down to, to Jag, which Michael Beck was also in. And he played Lieutenant Wong in Jag. <laughs> can, can you see him like getting the script? Like, yeah. Well, here, let's, let's go through some of the characters he's played over the years. You have Jerry, <laughs> Suki in Megaforce. Then you have Lee Evans, Peter Wong, Chang, mm-hmm. 
Mr. Chen, Joseph Chan, Dr. Ooh. Lee, Tommy Lee, Chow Yang, Mr. Moto, <laughs> uh, Shun Lee, and Lieutenant Wong. Didn't he play Lou in uh, Kentucky Fried Movie, too? Uh, Lou, let's see. I thought this one, that was his name in that. Lou. Kentucky Fried Lou. Movie, that was, what, 77? Yes, it was. It was uh, Lou. Lou. F- fistful of yen. Ah, <laughs> uh, poor Kim. Wilson Vale. Wait, wait, no, no. How do you get a name like Evan? <laughs> his fucking name's Evan. He has, like, a great, like, like just bland white American name Evan right and in every single film he ever plays in Wong Chang Wong is oh. <laughs> and you know Man. what I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the C if it's C Kim is his uh, real name and Evan is just a moniker he uses um, because he's not famous enough or even remotely famous enough to have a bio on IMDB and he apparently doesn't give a shit enough to do it himself I was about to say, yeah, I mean, half of it's being famous enough. Another half is, like, having uh, a, a PR person to do it for you or doing it right. yourself. So he, he – uh, what's his last credit? I wasn't, pick, I wasn't looking his there. His last credit was JAG, where he played Lieutenant Wong. I mean, when? When? 2005. Same year oh, as uh, yeah, Michael no. Beck was on JAG. He's, he's out. He dropped out. Uh, yeah, they're both done. He's, he's like, fuck this. You would, you, you would <laughs> got, think uh, – he Mega got one too many scripts for a Wong character. So I'm not playing another fucking Wong. Screw this. That's a lot of Wong Iron- numbers. Ironically, he retired and opened up a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> yeah, I could have said a laundry. You could not, have, but you I didn't. I could have. Well, I didn't because I'm but better than that. Are you? <laughs> not really, no. Wow, the pirate movie came out the same summer in August. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You can't review that. You really can't review the pirate movie. There's nothing you, to review. You, you, really, you really can't. Really can't. Wow. I mean... So, August uh, so, to end the summer was not Beastmaster. Now... Fast Times, Friday the 13th on, in 3D. Before you start rattling off box right, office I'm done. releases I'm, I'm again. I'm done. I'm not, I wasn't doing that. I was just... <laughs> I, I'm just going to drag us back. Um, now, the, the, the big problem with reviewing Megaforce is there's mm-hmm. not really... Nothing really happens in the movie. Per no. Se. Uh, the, the film starts off with this British general and Major Czar uh, meeting Zara. up with Megaforce because they need help getting rid of uh, this this uh, Duke Guerrero, Guerrero, played by Guerrero. Henry Silva. Uh, Henry Silva slumming it to no end, uh, playing a completely unevil, evil dictator. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, to enlist their help. They drive around. They spend half. They spend like a good half hour just showing them the facilities, which is all uh, like blue screen, matted, and 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 you know cardboard backgrounds. I don't know what they did with the twenty million dollars. Really don't. Oh, I yeah. <laughs> just, you know, and then there's that scene where they're driving them through this uh, the the, the uh, like the hangar or whatever, and there's all these planes. Isn't that a top secret? Uh, blah blah blah. Said, no, that's an F eleven. <laughs> you know what scene is <laughs> on right just, now? What? The skydiving scene. Oh, yeah, that 10-minute skydiving scene? Holy shit. Yeah. You know, the, the faces that Barry Boswick makes during this film are to the point of ejaculation. Do you notice that? Mm-hmm. Like well, in the skydiving scene where he's hovering had, over her, the face he makes is, it's like, I'm there. <laughs> That's the face he makes. <laughs> and then, ironically enough, the parachute goes out. It just... <laughs> Premature. 
Well, even the face he makes during the end scene where he's riding the bike, the face mm-hmm. he makes are just oh, like like these faces. It's like, Again, what are like you doing, Barry? What are you doing? You're in front of a green to... screen. A try stop. Try try to not attempt to look like you're coming in your pants. Again, he's handling it like Rocky Horror. He's he's hamming it up. And be honest, you, they, you're, the director drags you to the middle of the desert, puts you in a skin tight gold lame jumpsuit. And and tells you you're in an action film. What else are you gonna do? You can't. Oh, it, it, there's nothing left for him to do but just to camp it up. Right. I mean, th- this. I love how they they incorporated in the skydiving scene anyway. Uh, real skydiving with uh, blue screen or green screen uh, skydiving. Sure, that's nothing new. Yeah, <laughs> but it that, looks so bad. And that and that. But the fact that they have them they have them in uniform in real skydiving yeah. shots. I just don't understand how they just don't use real shots through the whole scene. Well, because they probably had stunt people doing the actual diving. Yeah, but who cares? I mean, I don't need to see close-ups of them, you know, with the fucking love, romantic love music that they got playing. Yes, you do, because then it's a seven-minute scene and not a four-minute scene. Uh. And the whole point, the whole point of this entire film is to pad the first half of the film as much as possible. So just like BMX, just like um, BMX Bandits, so right. that the last half hour of the film is non-stop action so for your your audience does not leave going gee that was kind of boring they get bored during the first hour when it's all this nonsense the half hour last half hour is nothing but motorcycles trucks explosions jumping stunts and so after the half hour solid of that you come out like wow that was an action-packed film it wasn't <laughs> the last <laughs> half hour was action-packed and even then a lot of the act again like watching the BMX Bandits movies from the 80s for last mm. episode, and it's like, okay, they're, they're just like hopping around on the wheels. You watch this now, and it's it's impressive when you're watching high-speed driving like on highways in like Cannonball Run or Smoking the Bandit, but when you're driving high-speed across the desert, you're just driving ha- high-speed across the desert. There's not really much yeah. skill involved there. Uh, and, and occasionally a motorcycle jumps something. Or they do pop. There a lot of wheelies being popped in this film. A lot of wheelies being popped. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. The, the well the, the, the introduction to Ace Hunter when he when he comes in on a wheelie just looks so bad. So uh-huh. I mean it's it's I'm not impressed. You come into the scene that I'm just not impressed. I'm sorry, dude. I was hoping he'd fall off that fucking thing, but it didn't happen. And and, and the way he hops off it, like <laughs> he's a Yeah. So yeah, it's no big deal. He's he's going for pure camp. I want to I, I want to talk about Henry Silva for a split second. I want to talk about how how young he looked in this. Uh huh. He's uh, fifty two years old when he made this film. Now, if anyone pays attention to the opening of the show, the actual video, the video opens up uh, almost immediately with a scene from Above the Law, with Henry Silva getting his arm broken by Steven Seagal. It's a mere six years apart from this film to that film. And Henry Silva looks easily 15 years older. I don't know what happened in that six years. But he's very skinny, very gaunt. He's got silver hair. In Megaforce, he was very full-faced. Still very thin. But he had a lot. He was much fuller in the face. I, I just I don't understand what happened in, in only six years. Maybe he couldn't sleep after he did Megaforce. I don't know. But it just... I mean, Henry Silva's still alive, too. He's in his 80s. But... Oh, yeah. 
there was that six years between films where it's almost like a different person. I mean, not to mention that, like you said, he's just camping it up through the whole movie. Now, oh. he's supposed <laughs> to be the, the, the bad, you know, the bad dictator, the evil guy, or he perceives himself that way. And then at one point, he lands his plane and him and Ace are, are buds. Well, they, they, they have a history. They go they go way back. They were in school together. Yeah. Yeah. But, so, what, well, but I don't understand the tension that they were trying to create with that. Were they trying to say, hey, he's not that bad. But wait a minute. Yeah, he is. Is that it, what they were trying to do there? See, what they were trying to do there is, is you know that scene in Heat where De Niro <laughs> and, and Pacino meet for the first time on camera, like in, yeah. in, the, in the diner scene, right? Mm -hmm. Th think of the opposite effect of that. And that's what you get in this scene, where it's you have these two longtime enemies who used to know each other, and there's this, all this tension, and you bring them together, and it's 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 like uh, it's nothing. There's nothing going it's, on. It's it, terrible. It's 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 a director filmmaker. Uh huh. See, whenever my whenever my uh, camera goes widescreen, you can cover for me by talking while I switch it off. So I don't. There's not I, a pause. I, I, I I'm, I'm um, trying. <laughs> But then you'll yeah, for, start talking, and then I'll be interrupting you, kind of like right now. No, 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 no. no. no it's called it's called it's called timing. It's called. Hey, uh, look at that! My computer's telling me that there's a new graphics driver available. Hopefully, oh, my good. live stream doesn't fuck up. Good. Is um, is that a sign that live stream is gonna fuck the bed right now? I don't know. It looks fine. It looks fine so far. No, it does. But live stream fucks my computer up like you wouldn't believe. No, it does. Here's my point. Mm-hmm. For a, a, a filmmaker like Hal, uh, Hal Needham, who's who's does mainly these driving comedies and stunt films, right. he he knows stunts, he knows driving, he knows action, and his last few films were comedies. So he's trying to inject what you get into get in other like westerns, say that he probably grew up doing stunts on, uh, <laughs> you know, or yeah. you know, he was a stuntman. So he, he's doing stunts in all these films that have these these polar <laughs> opposite characters who meet to get at the same time, uh, or you know, who meet. And it's like there's this tension. And as a director, as a filmmaker, he's trying to mimic all these films he's been in, but at, he's not a good filmmaker, so to speak. So he doesn't know how to pull it off. And what you're seeing is a very bad attempt to pull off this kind of meeting. And why, what are you laughing at? I'm just staring at this scene between Bostwick and Kambada. It just, in, it's worse with no sound. It's bad to begin with, but it's worse with no sound. Uh -huh. Just the overacting, and uh, and to be more specific, just watching Bostwick's ass walk across the screen for ten seconds. <laughs> You're right. You're right. There is some some chafing that's being avoided. That that is absolutely true. You can't help but look because there's nothing else around. You def there's nothing on her to look at. Honestly, <laughs> they just did the thumb kiss, and she's uh -huh. waving her arm like a retarded child, and he's like. She's she's not unattractive. She, she's not. All right. She's not unattractive, to say the least. She's not. She's not. But when he's standing, when she's standing next to him in like a pantsuit, and right. he's wearing the skin tight gold lame, the eye just is automatically drawn to the tight gold lame. There's nothing on her to demand he's up, attention. He's upstaging her every scene, every scene that they're in, in some way. It's it's not him. It's the suit. It is the suit. It's the suit clinging t firmly to his his body. <laughs> it's like 
It's like the same thing when Tim Curry's wearing a dress in, in Rocky Horror. You're like, that's yeah, a nice dress. It's like, no, it's a guy. <laughs> you just, the eye draws uh, to it. You can't help it. it. It's, it's, you, you can't. You definitely this, can't. I mean, this movie is actually, in a way, this movie is, is kind of representative to the coming out of gay America in the mid-80s. What? No, it's not. <laughs> Come on, it's it's like aerobics instructors. Uh, it's like paramilitary aerobics instructors take on nobody. <laughs> there's there's really nothing going on. There's, it's just this used to run around in tight gold lame and, and blow things up. This is true. That, if that doesn't describe you know uh, inner hostilities towards the oppression of the gay uh, underground during the mid '80s, I don't know what does. <laughs> now, and, um... speaking of the '80s, okay. Two things in the film. Okay. Well, uh, before you say the two things in the film, the yes. uh, are we done with the plot? I mean, as far as that goes, that's really it with the plot. Well, there's this, there's this, there's this task force fighting evil tyranny. Henry Silva's the bad guy. They meet up near the end of the film because he's the bad guy. They're going after him. Henry Silva says, "Fit as many guys as you can in the plane, and you get out. You'll get out of here." And Ace Hunter is like, there's not enough room. Okay, fuck you, let's fight. That whole scene happens. Movie's over. I mean, it's so anticlimactic, even with the amount of C4 used in the end scene alone. If you if you take out the subplot, the love interest subplot, and all the explosion stuff, the basic story is uh, this British soldier comes to this elite task force, like shadow government task force, right. and asks them to intervene for them. They intervene for them. But then the, the Brits go back on their deal and won't help them escape, and so then they have to escape on their own, and that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's the beginning and end of it. So yeah, there's there's nothing there's nothing holding the film together except uh, gold lame and smoke bombs. <laughs> that's all. That's that that's being held well, anyway, together. You were by. saying you were saying two things. Two things about the '80s that are in the film that date this film incredibly. Hairstyles. All right. No, two specific <laughs> things. Two very specific things. Hairstyles Rubik's and headbands. Cube. Rubik's cube. Okay. In the aircraft scene, I can't finish this. Let me try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's on right now. Holy shit, dude! That was perfect timing. That, uh, uh, okay. What happened now? Anyone that's watching the video, not planned. That is the beauty of of Scott. Not planned. I have my, I have my moments. You have your moments. All right, I take it back. <laughs> Yeah, I have my moments. Uh, okay. The other thing yeah. is the line that is so good, apparently, that they play it again after the credits. Which is, um, uh, j <laughs> the good guys always win, even in the 80s. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh. My personal favorite line in the film, he's got more degrees than a red-tipped thermometer. <laughs> My you know favorite what? Line. My favorite is the one that the minute they said it, I remembered loving it as a kid. Which was? It's when the doctor, when um, Dallas says, "I here comes the egg and that's no yolk," and he and then he <laughs> says to Dallas, he says to Dallas, "What's the opposite of less on? A moron? Exactly." <laughs> I don't know. As a twelve-year-old boy, I loved that line, and I still do. <laughs> it says a lot. Yeah, I actually was close to twelve when this when this film came out in the uh, um, seventy three, eighty five. Yeah, I mean when it came out in the theater, I was a twelve year old boy. It came out in eighty two, not eighty five. 
by the so by the time I you saw, were eight years I, old. By the time I saw it on Nine cable, I was, by the time I saw it on cable, I was probably a ten or eleven year old boy. Because I know I didn't see it in the theater. You were born in seventy three. Yes. You were nine when it came out, so yeah, you were probably twelve. As I said, ten or eleven. I'm rounding up. Okay. Because I didn't see that in the theater, but I remember seeing it on cable repeatedly. It's like, uh, and I swear, it's, again, it's when when Christian, when Chris mentioned it last episode, our guest host, uh, Chris Wolner, for the uh, BMX episode, listen to it. Uh, when he mentioned the movie, I was like, I totally had forgotten about the film. And then watching it, everything I saw was like, oh my God, I remember like, like the scene where he takes his hat and puts it on the car and shows how it goes photo negative to like black. Yeah. I remember that scene vividly now. Like I carried that with me for years, and at some point in my life, my brain dumped that memory. But it's like it all came flooding back. It's, and even even the '80s line, the good guys always win, even in the '80s. It's like like just a split second before it came up. I was like, I remember that line. Right. It, I mean, I I must have watched this film every uh, you know cable you know shows the movies over and over again, especially back then. Sure. Oh god, they didn't have the, they didn't have the rights to the, you know they just showed the new stuff incessantly. Well, they also didn't have as many films as they do now, so they just showed what they had. Yeah, they didn't constantly. have constantly. They also didn't have the rights to show as many films. So they just got the new ones. Got you know that's that's true too. Or as as Gary used true. to put it, they, they ass fuck him to death. <laughs> <laughs> that wordsmith. <laughs> wordsmith. Yeah. Well, I remember. I I probably watched that film at least once a week for a good three or four months, at least once a week, if wow. not more. And so I mean, the fact that I, I mean I remember catching it on cable, but that's about it. Well, I I, I, I don't I only remember seeing it a few times in the eighties. No, any anything that was worth watching in the eighties, I watched over and over again on cable. So that was it's just having it all come back and, and Dallas running around like an idiot and the Porky Pig uh, hologram. Yeah. Like when they're sitting there and they're watching little red lines. And it's like, well, that was the most impressive hologram I've seen yet. And like, they had no idea what they were looking at until after they filmed it. Did they? It's like they filmed that. <laughs> and you could see like they probably told them you're going to see like a real mountain range and vehicles moving around. And then in post, they had already burned all the money on on uh uh, on Gold LeMay and, and uh, stunt drivers, just, yeah. we don't have it. But we don't have a budget for special effects. What we do here, so they just do like the lined thing you see <laughs> now. It's just a, I, I can just imagine when they saw that in the theater. So that's what I was impressed with. <laughs> yeah, it's just amazing. Even back then, that we'll 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 do it in post. Although yeah, back I, then, back I, then, ironically, that's the only I, way they could do it. Right, but I mean, it's like it's just ironic that that out of the entire film. That's literally the least impressive hologram you see in I the know. entire film. <laughs> and it's like, uh, how old are he puts on the piggy pig, thi- uh, uh, Porky Pig thing, which is obviously a ripoff of Porky Pig. They even yeah. mimic the music. Uh, and it's like, how old are you? You're supposed to be in a, a you know a serious conversation hey. about you know what is going on with your mission. <laughs> Here's Porky Pig. Rednecks like. Cartoon pigs. That's a fact. Oh, I, I wouldn't doubt it. There you go. Well, there you go. So well, I, they why, just why, wanted to throw know? something in there for the kids. Oh, look, mm-hmm. Porky Pig. And if, if this was a serious film too, I mm-hmm. mean, and, and it's again, you can tell this is why they wanted to play with this concept in Team America uh, when they they made that film. Uh, the idea that this is a shadow government operation that has the best technology in the world, like they could probably take down America if they wanted to. Why would they want to do that? We're for freedom, and but 
but they they purposely make sure there's no country affiliation with the group. It's just like an international. It's for all free countries. But they do things like they they're, they're monitoring all phone conversations everywhere in the world. Right. <laughs> everywhere. Oh, that's, and I, and I guess in the '80s it was so ludicrous of an idea it was kind of fun. But you watch it now, it goes, oh, yeah, that's what our government's doing right now, isn't it? That's <laughs> <laughs> not not so not so happy about that now. <laughs> no, not not so much. Not so and, much. And, and and now we have drones everywhere, uh, which are kind of like these things, except there's not stuntmen in them. Right. So yeah. So actually, Mega Force actually exists now, except it, it's it's Mega America Force. Team America, fuck yeah! Right. <laughs> uh, Come, coming again to save the motherfucking day. Yeah, there's no way to review this movie and not bring up Team America because they were so. You can tell they were so enamored with the film and were just it, like yeah. you said. They well, the reason why Team America is, exists is because they couldn't get to do the Megaforce remake, so they decided to do a, a, a you know a variation or an ode to it in some way, and that's that's why we have Team America. See, now I read. And, and again, it's all apocryphal because it could all just be bullshit to begin with. But I remember reading at the time that they said that they had gotten the script for 2012, and oh, they really? said we wanted, and they said we want to make the exact same movie but with puppets, <laughs> like just to fuck with them. Just like just literally say we're gonna make the exact same goddamn movie but with puppets. And the the, the lawyers, uh, uh, and again, I read it somewhere, but it could be wrong. They could have been lying at the time. It sounds right. good, so it sounds fun. But apparently, supposedly, the lawyers said, "No, you can't do that." And yeah. so the next best thing, the next best thing was to do their own film based with with the whole puppet thing. And I can see how them they closely patterned it after Megaforce. So uh, if I they were trying, to, if, if they were trying to get the rights to Megaforce as well, they can mm -hmm. both be true. Both stories okay. can be true and it's intertwined. I, can, I would love it if the if Matt Stone and Trey Parker did another puppet film. I don't care what it's about. I would love I, it if they remade Megaforce. Puppet film or this just Megaforce? Regular, regular, just Megaforce. You know, you know who plays Ace Hunter? Who? Will Ferrell. You, I was just about to say that too. It's <laughs> it's too obvious, but it's too. It obvious. is He's it so is too obvious, but Will Ferrell no. plays Ace Hunter. There's no ten fucking question about it. Ten years ago, Kurt Russell. <laughs> what a, what a, ten years ago, Kurt Russell would have been perfect for Ace Hunter. Yeah. Yeah, Will Ferrell. I mean, if he's if they do end up making it, and they they got to get him in the next four or five years because Will Ferrell's going to be too old. Will Ferrell's pushing. I think he's in his mid forties, almost fifties. Not that to say he couldn't do it, but uh, I think uh, they'd have to get him within the next four or five years, in order yeah. for him to pull it off. But although you know what, I think it would be. You know what? Maybe not. If, put Will Ferrell in a, a gold Will, fucking LeMay, even because Brian Boswick, not that he was in like amazing shape, but he was in shape. Will Ferrell, not dude. not in that kind of shape. So I think it would make it funnier. <laughs> no, nah, it have to be somebody in shape too to pull it off. Well, it kind of reminds Will Ferrell if, in this part. Would kind of reminds me of the more cowbell scene, the Saturday Night Live skit, because he's got like the beard and he's got the head, not the headband, but the hair and all that. And he's wearing like the tight outfit. I think they're just very similar characters. If if Will Ferrell's going to start any remakes, it's going to be JD's Revenge. Okay, <laughs> that's top of the list. That that's yes, that is your that's your recommendation. That's fucking golden. That's I, golden. <laughs> I, 
I think realistically, Megaforce is a better shot. But you never know. Hey, get Tyler Perry involved. <laughs> Tyler Perry, huh? Yeah. In in, in uh, JD's Revenge, not Megaforce. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. What would he What would he call it? Tyler Perry's. So it would be something ridiculous. It would be Medea's I, Revenge. Medea's. <laughs> Will Ferrell get written out. Bad idea. Bad idea. Yeah. So. I mean, the. I think Megaforce is the ultimate example of. Um, I mean, it's a culmination of the the Smokey and the Bandit and Cannonball Run and Hooper and all these right. stuntmen films. It's a perfect example of. Uh, it's a culmination of stuntman action films, uh, mass marketing kids films, and big budget Hollywood. All just like like that that three-way car wreck in the action movies it's all mm -hmm. just compiles just crashes here it's like a nice big pyramid of cars and <laughs> it, it's 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 a it's a train wreck what it is oh truly and and i just can't again 20 million dollars you watch this movie i you really have to hope hope and pray that hal needham pocketed a good portion of that budget because that's the only rational excuse for why this film cost 20 million <sighs> Yeah, I guess so. Now, if you, uh, I want to point out right now, if you go to our Facebook page, uh, oh. Movie Sucktastic Facebook page on Facebook and Facebook page, mm -hmm. uh, Facebook. If you go to our Facebook page, uh, I have posted up there the uh, trail for the video commercial for the video game at the time, which I uh, played in the opening of the show. Anyone that wants right. to, that's going to watch it, uh, the video, you'll be able to see It'll it. And a link to a blog where some guy was driving down uh, around California and in one parking lot saw one of the Megaforce vehicles parked in the parking lot. Oh, really? <laughs> and so he took a bunch of pictures of it. Yeah, apparently they still collected it. Uh, they, they were real, real vehicles they used. They, I mean, if, when you first see them, you think, oh, they're like cardboard cu cover out, cutouts over a doom buggy or whatever. But they're real vehicles, and apparently some of them are still floating around. No shit. I'd be interested if anybody has any of the Megaforce motorcycles still. Hmm. With working rockets. With working rockets. You have to do the wheelie. <laughs> the uh, one thing I, I I like the part where he does the motorcycle jump over the tank, and he yeah. yanks a grenade off of his pants and throws it on the tank. Right. Because up until that point, I hadn't seen grenades on anybody's pants, and it yeah, occurred to me right. there that that's a really dangerous place to be putting grenades when you're riding on a motorcycle. <laughs> Because when you wipe out, the first thing you're going to do is hit the ground with three grenades <laughs> strapped to your leg. <laughs> and when you hit that ground and wipe out, at least one of those pins, if, I don't even know if there are any pins, because he just pulled it off his pant leg and threw it down. If they're, if they're triggered by pulling them off your pant leg, one wipe out, and you're just you're, you're dust. You're done. I, I, I guess it's mo good motivation not to wipe out. Right. I yeah. guess so, yeah. All in all, a bad movie. I, I wouldn't say the worst we've seen. I still think... I, as, I don't know, as far, dude. As far as pacing and uh, comprehensive plot line, uh, comprehensible plot line, I think Jim Cotta fares worse. But it's not... A, but it's more fun. That's the thing. It, it's more fun, so it, I, it, fun. for me, more forgiving. What's more fun, Jim Cotta? Jim Cotta is a lot more fun than this movie. There, there are a lot of slow spots though. In Jim Cotta, but it makes it up in spades. 
I, I... There's enough <laughs> shitty fucking ninja karate gym kata action uh, than uh, th- this film. Ha- this film has a lot more slow spots. I, no, I think it has one long slow spot and then a bunch of action on either end. And Jim Cotta doesn't have that much action spread out amongst all the. I don't know. I I I I think whether or not you enjoy it, I think you have to admit that Jim Cotta is a slightly worse film than than Meg Force just because of plot pacing and dialogue alone. I mean, I'm not saying it's an easy call, but I think it, that Mega Force doesn't come out in the lead. Well, let's put it this way: uh, we're going to do the official movie sucktastic rating on on IMDb. Let's, let's do it. Megaforce currently holds a massive 2.9. Yeah. Uh, starting at the three-point mark, no. uh, do you want to go up? Or, do you want to go up or, or down? Down. Down. What, what's your? Give me, give me, give me a good reason to go down. Good reason to go down. Green screen. Too much fucking green screen. I mean, to the point of being nauseous. Okay. I mean, that's just one of the things. I mean, you can go green screen. You can go poor acting. You can go fucking Golden LeMay. You can go fucking headband. You can go, uh, let me whisper my lines to uh, create seriousness uh, to, to, uh, with my acting. I lost you. You want to blame me, but it's not me. You just, your voice just, listen, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Your, your audio went out again. All right, everybody, this is the part of the show where I disconnect from Scott and reconnect. <laughs> Let's call Scott again. My new computer is going to solve all of this. It better. <laughs> Shut up. You're 15 minutes late because you can get the sound working. Don't start, don't start that's with not me. why I was late. I never said that's why I was late. I, I spent five minutes listening to you curse at your computer because the sound wasn't working, so don't start with me. No, 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 no. Uh, the streams wouldn't start recording. That has nothing to do with sound. It's, it's, it was recording, right? Sound's involved. All right. Apples and oranges, dude. Seriously. Don't apples and oranges me, you son of a bitch. <laughs> a program that records sound wouldn't start recording. It has nothing to do with like sound not uh, except, uh, it's, except it's a sound recorder. It's a technical. You, you're making it sound like it's a te- it's a technical. Like, difficulty. You're making it's it not... sound like it's oh god. There's no real way to fight this battle. It's a technical difficulty. Te- I have that, a sure. Difficulty. I'll I'll agree with that. We both had what you what you had was where we nobody could hear you. That's not what was happening in my case. I didn't say it was the same thing. I'm saying they're both technical difficulties. <laughs> man, sorry. Man, oh man! You picked a good, good, uh, good. We got pick your battles, sir. Pick your battles. Pick them. All right, I'm going two. All right, Megaforce gets one star automatically for stunt driving. Okay. And one star automatically for explosions. That's two stars automatically. I'm giving it a star for the Gold LeMay because I think it's a brave, bold move <laughs> for military to dress their soldiers in in clothing that wouldn't stop a breeze, let alone a bullet. So that's up to three. Well, how about we give it a two to, because absolutely every single actor called it in this fucking movie. Everyone called this movie in. I, I think that there a is not disservice. one serious performance from anybody. I think that's a great disservice to George Firth. 
I really do. <laughs> Especially after him putting up as being the, 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 the foil of the Cannonball Run film. I, I think he deserves a lot of credit for this one. <sighs> That's all. And, and Edward Mulhair, come on. Don't, I mean, he's. I love British how the, this is the scene where Henry Silva shows up and they're like best fucking buds. Like, hey! to the point where it's, un, where it's uncomfortable. Where the his entire crew is like, what the fuck? <laughs> I love the token black guy where he actually has the what the fuck face <laughs> the whole time. He's just got his head is cocked a little to the side. He's like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> And even uh, brings it up to he like looks at Dallas. He's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, this is the guy that's gonna try and kill us later in about ten minutes. But nobody dies in these wars. Nobody. There's no death in the wars. So so why would he be upset with them? <laughs> I think they're just in on the joke. They're in on the joke that there's no death. You stole my lighter. Uh, you gave it to me. Oh, okay. You forgot to give it back. You forgot to give it back. See, he's such a peacemaker, he doesn't even want to argue with his old friend turned bitter right. rival. Uh, oh, and, I I, I, and I love it. Uh, later on, he uh, he looks down at his lighter, and it's uh, a different one. He took back his ace lighter. <laughs> yeah. All right, so you're saying three, I'm saying two. We can't go anywhere in between, because IMDB doesn't allow it. Give, I gave give you a bunch a, of reasons to drop it to two, dude. Give me a three for the gold LeMay. Come on. You know you like looking at his ass. <laughs> you really don't. <laughs> but you couldn't help it. How could you not? You're right. It's You're fixated to it. It's centered on this goddamn screen. They did that on purpose. Mm-hmm. They used that looker uh, technology. That's what it was. The, it was designed in the looker lab. Yeah. You've got more <laughs> an idea of how, how his body looks than hers. That's. Yeah, they cover her up quite a bit. I mean, she's yeah. right now in the scene. She's wearing a goddamn trench coat, and fucking Barry Boswick is—you can practically see his nipples. Mm-hmm. <laughs> see, yep, right there has three stars right there. Three stars. <laughs> Come on. All right. Three two stars. Two stars seems like for me. Two stars is a film that actually makes me angry. I can't this, see giving this film two- did make me angry. I don't really? remember. I remember seeing it when I was a kid. I don't remember disliking it this much. So make you made you physically angry? I just I I don't know, man. Maybe because I was just really tired when I watched it again. Maybe that wasn't the best way to watch this film. See, 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 you're you're blaming some personal issues on the film here. I think that's personal, the problem. Well, being tired is not a personal issue. But your your it's your problem. It's okay. Come on, give me a three. <laughs> I'm gonna. I gave I'm it to you already. Three. Go ahead, three. Oh, give it a three. You're gonna thank me later because you're gonna you're gonna realize that it didn't deserve. I'm gonna it I'm gonna rewatch it. Yeah. Do you know this is out remastered on DVD? Am I am I mistaken or is it on Blu-ray? Uh, I don't believe it's. It might be on Blu-ray. Um, you know what? I'll look for you. You go ahead and do that with IMDb, and I'll just take a quick look see if it's uh, done? out on Blu-ray. It's done. It's done. I could have sworn I saw a picture. I know of it's it. on Maybe DVD. Right. I, I could have sworn somebody was uh, maybe someone did a mock-up of it, just kind of like saying, "Hey, this could happen in the future," like like these psycho uh, movie fans do. But I could have sworn I saw a Blu-ray of it. Well, I did a, a search for for Megaforce Blu-ray, and the only thing that's coming up on Amazon is the DVD. Yeah, I, I think it was just a mock-up. 
Ooh. And, well, they could up, a, you, you could upconvert any DVD to to HD and call it. No, what I'm saying, the cover I think was like a, a oh, photo okay. mock-up. That's what I mean. Titanic Collector's Edition. Yeah. Coming out, Titanic 3D's Collector's Edition, and the box looks like the boat, except square. <laughs> oh, really? Super. And it's got. It comes with like a, uh, like, a photo book and stuff. Well, Japan, there's a there's a website, a Japanese website that is selling the Blu-ray of Megaforce for thirty six dollars. Now, it says it's coming out October twelfth, two thousand twelve. But it could just be, it could just very that- well be them up converting the DVD to Blu-ray. Right, and their 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 copyright rules are a little less. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. They're, uh, yeah, they're not. Uh, they don't give a fuck. <laughs> they really don't. Well, the Megaforce DVD just came out in September. Oh, really? This month? Yeah. It, the, I I was as surprised as you. I, I noticed it earlier today. Uh, apparently, wow. the same the week we we mentioned Megaforce and started bringing it up just <laughs> happened. To be the same week it came out on DVD, and I don't think that was planned, because no it just shit. came up in conversation. Chris didn't say, "Oh, it's out on DVD." He just mentioned the movie, and we started talking about it. Well, because Hal Needham was the director actually, of Red, and Chris actually mentioned because I was looking at yeah, I was looking at Hal Needham stuff, and I said, "Megaforce, what the hell's that?" And then Chris jogged my memory. So how ironic is it that we just happened to review this accidentally a week after it just released on DVD? Huh. That's that's weird. I think we got our we got our it, finger it is, on the pulse of something it is, here. It's a little weird. Yeah, there is not there is not a Blu-ray of it, just DVD. Thank God. I think we're we're I think we're like psychically tapped into the the movie <laughs> spectrum. You think so? It's it's like it's like the dead zone, but with bad movies. <laughs> Mega Force is gonna come on on DVD. You know, instead of the ice is gonna break that kind of thing. Right. Yeah, that works. Mega Force. Yep, September fourth, two thousand and twelve. See, why are you checking me like I'm lying or something? Well, no, I just happen to be on the Amazon site. So, well, if if anybody wants to buy that, I'll put a link to the DVD on uh on the the Facebook page, please. And if you're gonna buy it, go to the Facebook page and click on the link because we'll get some money if you click on that link directly. It says Amazon says there's only one left in stock and more on the way. <laughs> <laughs> Which part of that do I believe less? <laughs> we got one there. left. Get the order for Megaforce. I don't think we're going to be getting in that order for Megaforce. I love this. I love the box art. There has never been a superhero like Ace Hunter. <laughs> there Deeds, hasn't. Not words. And there hasn't been since. Deeds, I love the. Not- I love the fucking box art. Well, that's the movie poster, isn't it? I I believe it is. I'm very I'm yeah. so happy that they that they used it. If you go to rottencotton.com, they sell a t-shirt with the movie poster on the front. They do. Yeah, Rotten Cotton is good for uh, some of your more obscure cult films. They don't have a Jim Cotta t-shirt, so we can jump on that. But Let's they do, do have a Megaforce t-shirt. Very nice. All right. Uh, what do you want to do now? Do you want to move into top 10 or do you just want to call it quits for this episode? 
is there anything crazy going on in the top ten? Any uh, new no, movies to talk there, about? The only okay, we can talk about the top ten just in the fact that it was the worst weekend uh, for 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 this weekend comparable to other ones in years. They said the amount of money that this weekend made was one of the worst in years. I believe it. Just, it. There, was just no, there, was only, there was only one new movie. There was only one new flick out. And uh, I'll tell you exactly what that was. And that was The Words with Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that was for the weekend of September 7th through 9th. But other than that, it was uh, not a very impressive weekend at all. Pretty bad, actually. I mean, it's it's all the same movies as last week, except with the exception of the words. That's it. It just, yeah, I'm just looking at all the films. It, I have yeah, on the I don't even now. think it's, worth... it's just no, it's not worth even mentioning. Um, it my finger list would be uh, the same as last week. It would be uh, Hope Springs. Not you know Hope what's Springs. sad? You know what's sad? I was double checking the Megaforce DVD release. Yeah. Uh, there's no audio commentary. Oh, uh, they couldn't get Barry Bostwick to do it. I, I anybody. I want to hear. I want to hear someone from behind the scenes talk about this goddamn movie. <laughs> I, yeah, I wouldn't Good. be surprised if they requested it and they said uh, no. Ah, uh, what's Barry Bostwick doing these days? Is he still alive? Uh, um, yeah. He's still acting. He's still very, very much acting, actually. Oh, he's still acting? Then there's no way we can get a hold of him for an interview. Never mind. We might. <laughs> if he's Doesn't mean dead, he's doing anything he's, uh, of, of any real value. Hey, you never know until you you try. <laughs> if, he's, if he's not doing anything of value, then we do have a shot of get, talking to him. Yeah. I, I would love just to... I, I, I just need somebody... Somebody from the production, just to give an insider of what it was like. I would, yeah, I would, I would do a whole episode just talking to somebody from the from the production crew of this film. Uh. <laughs> we got to find somebody that would talk to us for an hour. I don't know. Uh, sh- <laughs> I I just have an overwhelming desire to hear about behind the scenes shit with this. I I just need to know where the money went. Just tell me where the money went. Right. That's because it didn't go into the production. That's all. It but sure than, didn't. But I, I can definitely see myself watching this again in the near future. Um, it's on my heart. It's, 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 I might. I, I, I have it. I have it. I'm not. I'm not getting rid of it anytime soon. <laughs> it's staying in my collection. Oh yeah. Right next to Jim Cotta. Jim. I will break this one of the worst though. This is this is Jim Cotta worthy. This is a Jim Cotta worthy film. I will say that. This is a great bad movie day. We've already it's right decided. Up there with treasure, yeah. It's right up there with Treasures of the Four Crowns, definitely. Uh, we've already decided on showing Jim Cotta this year. Uh, yes. But uh, which will be online this year will not be at my house like it usually is outside, which sucks because I really wanted to do that this year. I wanted to break out the brand new projector that we have, you know, uh, high def projector. I wanted to uh, break out the the new re reconditioned sound system. The speakers are positioned better. Uh, everyone 
uh, would be able to hang out on the new deck. Uh, but, you know, it, it wasn't in the cards. Wasn't able to do it this year. We will do it online. That invite is coming out this weekend. And Scott and I have not decided on the exact uh, day yet. But we will this weekend. And you will be able to watch the movie Jim Cotta with Scott and I uh, via live stream. Live yes. stream. Awesome fun. Yes, should be should be lots of awesome fun. So, but but I I'm all I'm all good for just wrapping up the episode a little little Mega Force uh, finale. Okay, sounds good. Let's do it. All right. All right. So oh, we, we sound so beaten. This is like a weird episode. We sound defeated. <laughs> I sound more. De- I'm just fucking exhausted. I can tell. But it, it, it just really sounds like a. Yeah, that was Mega Force. Uh, I mean, there's no point in talking anymore. Let's just stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tired. I'm just uh, so just, done. Yeah, no, that that that's for uh, Mega Force. Right. Definitely. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us for episode 86 of Movie Sucktastic. You can download our podcast at uh, iTunes. You can leave us reviews. You can download the download them at our website. And you can listen to them, uh, listen to them, listen to me. I am just fucking beat. Uh, you can listen to them there as well. You can leave us email at themovieguys at moviesucktastic.com. You can leave us voicemail at 908-514-4470. I'm sure we have a brand new answering message there. Yes, we do. Do we really? Yes? yes. Okay, good. I was hoping that we did. I think we've had that for about three or four weeks now. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, okay, good. Uh, <laughs> uh, I have no vo- uh, no words of wisdom. I never really do. Scott usually does. Do you have any I this do. week, sir? Okay. I do, Joey. Joey, what do you got? just remember, the good guys always win, even in the 80s. And Joey? Yeah. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good one.